Faith Matters Podcast. I'm your host, John Morgan. This is the podcast for Multi-Faith Matters. I am the host, John Moorhead, and I'm privileged today to have a returning guest, the uh, noted scholar of new religious movements, Massimo Intravenia. And I will read uh, just a, a short part of his bio. We'll have a, a longer bio in the program notes. Uh, Dr. Intravenia provides an overview of uh, Western esoteric tradition and much of his work, but he's not limited to just that. He is an Italian sociologist of religions. He is the founder and managing director of the Center for Studies of New Religions, an international network of scholars who study new religious movements. He is also the author of some 70 books and more than 100 articles in the field of sociology of religion. Last time he was a guest and uh, he enlightened us, if you will, about the Western esoteric tradition. But today he's here on the program to talk about uh, Chinese real religion in China and about a particular group, uh, the Church of Almighty God. And it's based upon his book right here that you can look in the program notes and find that Inside the Church of Almighty God, the Most Persecuted Religious Movement in China. So, Dr. Intervenia, welcome back to the program. Thank you. It's great to have you here. I'm going to begin by turning it over to you to kind of set the background and, and context for uh, religion and Christianity in China. Yeah, <clears throat> I believe there are two relevant contexts. Uh, one is a legal context, and uh, one is an historical context. Uh, the legal context is, uh, uh, in Chinese uh, law, uh, there are three kinds of uh, religion. Uh, uh, one uh, Chinese uh, sociologist, Yang Fengang, conveniently called them the red area, the black area, and the gray area. In a nutshell, uh, Mao Zedong created uh, five uh, religious organizations whose leaders are appointed uh, by the Communist Party and decided that's the only allowed religion in China. And uh, these are uh, the National Association for Buddhists, Taoists, Muslims, uh, Catholics and uh, Protestants. Uh, Confucianism is allowed, but it's regarded as a philosophy not as a religion. He had a lot of trouble, as you may imagine, with the Protestants to put together all Protestants in a single church with a single theology, but for him it was a matter of police rather than of academic theology. And even more trouble in finding enough Catholics to create a church separated from the Vatican and having these bishops uh, appointed by the Communist Party. And he called it the Patriotic Catholic Church, and it took several years of work uh, by a gifted uh, communist leader who happened to be the father of Xi Jinping, of the actual president who invented the Patriotic Catholic Church. So these five religions are authorized, uh, they were also forbidden during the Cultural Revolution, but after the Cultural Revolution, 
they came back. But they are authorized doesn't mean they are totally free. For instance, they cannot uh, teach or involve in any activity a minor of 18. So there are a number of limitations. They cannot uh, proselyte. Uh, but uh, uh, if they respect these limitations, uh, they are free to operate. You go to China, uh, you can go to a mass or a Protestant service of the official churches. At the other extreme, there is, uh, and uh, that uh, is where the Church of Almighty God is, uh, uh, there is a category called Sejiao. Now, uh, the official Chinese uh, documents in English translate Sejiao as cults, but that's uh, highly uh, anachronistic uh, because Sejiao is a category that had existed in uh, Chinese law and uh, discourse uh, uh, since the, the seventh century of Christian era and was coined to stigmatize the Buddhists at the time when Buddhists were persecuted before being co-opted in the Chinese system. So Sejiao means heterodox teachings, and what teachings are heterodox is partially based on theological consideration, but is largely based on political consideration. So at one stage, Christianity as a whole was declared the Sejiao. But then, when China started having diplomatic relations with the West, it was taken out of the list of Asejiao and only some groups, which were regarded as too proselytistic, were kept. So the, 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 the category of Sejiao is largely political. And being uh, uh, active in a Sejiao is a crime. There is a specific article of the Chinese Criminal Code, Article 300, against using a Sejiao, but that's interpreted of being active in any capacity in a Sejiao, and by some courts even only keeping literature as a Sejiao in, in your home, it's enough to go to jail. So here we have established the the, the red area, the allowed one, the five uh, authorized religions, and the black area, the uh, group prohibited as Sejiao. In the middle, there is the gray area, and in the gray area, according to Chinese scholars and Western scholars, happens to lie the majority of Chinese uh, religionists. And they belong to groups which are not explicitly prohibited as Sejiao, but are not uh, part of the official churches. For instance, the majority of Protestants belong to so-called house churches. House churches is a name given because originally they met in private homes, but some are media churches. And uh, the majority of Muslims belong to independent mosques. The majority of Taoists belong to independent temples. And uh, under uh, after the horrors of the Cultural Revolution, there was a reaction to be slightly more tolerant of religion. So under Deng Xiaoping, this gray area was not legal, so it can be cracked down at any time, uh, but uh, it was more or less tolerated. But things changed uh, with Xi Jinping, uh, particularly since the first national conference on religion uh, he called on 2016, then the second he called uh, 2021, 
Uh, Xi Jinping has indicated uh, that he doesn't want the gray area to exist. He wants group uh, either to join the five official religions or to be reclassified as Sejiao and liquidated. And in this very month of August, uh, we are seeing another offensive against uh, large uh, Protestant uh, house churches, which remain independent and are not part of the party-controlled uh, unified Protestant church, which is called the Three Self Church. But that concerns the gray area. Uh, the on the, the black area of the Sejiao, uh, Xi Jinping didn't need any law because the law existed uh, before him. And there is a specialized anti-Sejiao police with more than 6,000 agents. And he has reformed this police, considered it not very effective. The deputy chief of this unit went to jail last year, accused of embezzling funds, but in fact punished uh, because the Sejiao continued to prosper, notwithstanding this massive uh, police operation. Now, historically, the context is that China has already been extremely rich in uh, new uh, religious movements, uh, and some of these religious movements in the history of China uh, became so big that they threatened the very existence of the empire. Uh, the largest was the Taiping, guided by um, young Chinese who had been in touch with uh, Christian missionaries uh, and proclaimed himself the younger brother of Jesus, and he built an empire without the help of Western armies in the war he started. He would have replaced the emperor in this war made uh, at least 10 millions of dead, probably more. For the uh, imperial China, the Taiping were the quintessential Sejiao, but it happens that now in China there are monuments and movies and TV series honoring them because Mao Zedong declared them a proto-communist uh, um, revolutionary group based on article he had read uh, Marx wrote, but uh, apparently Mao didn't know that when Mao changed his mind and reclassified the Taiping as a reactionary cult, but uh, the second article either Mao didn't read or he didn't care about. So you can go to the very Tiananmen Square, and in the center of Tiananmen Square there is the monument to the revolution, and one of the panel honors the Taiping. Uh, and that's strange, because the Taiping uh, uh, would seem the quintessential Sejiao, uh, the founder, the younger brother of Christ, he had the dozens of wives, and if the wives didn't smile, they were beheaded immediately. So it would seem in popular parlance the quintessential cult, but as they say, Mao had a good opinion of it, so they are no longer a Sejiao, but uh, they are honored as proto-Marxist uh, revolutionary, which shows once again that the level of Sejiao is very mobile. Anyway, China has been a very rich in religious movements, and it has been very rich uh, starting uh, uh, at least from the beginning of the 20th century in Christian new religious movements. Uh, 
because uh, uh, Christianity was successful in China, but often was reinterpreted uh, in a very Chinese uh, uh, way. So some of these movements more or less were recoopted into the uh, party-controlled three-self uh, church, including the Pentecostal, but very original Church of the True Jesus. And But other groups uh, were more difficult to control, and also these groups are born continuously. Uh, and one uh, feature which may introduce us to the Church of Almighty God, which looks strange to Westerners, uh, is in many of these groups, uh, and that dates back to the Taiping, the leaders are believed to be divine incarnation. But that doesn't look strange in China, because in China, Christianity uh, coexists with other religions where divine incarnation are very frequent. Uh, many historical figures of China are divinized. You see their statues in Taoist temple, and paradoxically, in some Taoist temple, you see also statue of a divinity in uh, Mao Zedong. And uh, uh, in uh, Buddhism, of course, you have the reincarnated uh, the lamas who are, uh, in a way, <coughs> semi-divine, at least, uh, characters, including the Dalai Lama. So in all the... <coughs> Uh, sphere, including Korea and Taiwan, it's very often that you find a Christian new religious movement with divine claim for their leaders. Uh, one uh, large group, some two million members in Korea, is the World Mission Society Church of God. It's a good presence also in the United States. And uh, the leader, Zanjia, she claims she is the incarnation of God the Mother, and uh, she has no quarrel with Jesus. Jesus, the incarnation of God the Father, but she is the uh, she is the incarnation of God the Mother. Except that Jesus reappeared. She believed it was a certain Adventist uh, Korean preacher. Uh, probably didn't know it, but he was the second coming of Christ. So these groups and uh, also other groups, the leaders have at least uh, um, claims to be the, the, the Messiah, if not to be God, like Reverend Moon in the Unification Church, uh, uh, or uh, uh, the leader of Shichiyoji who insists he's not God, but is the pastor promised in the book of Revelation to usher in uh, uh, the new heaven and new earth, which is the meaning of the name of his movement, movement uh, So what I mean is that having uh, claims of uh, messianity or divinity for the leader is not uh, that uh, strange when Christianity meets with the uh, local non-Christian traditions, which is very common in countries like uh, uh, China, uh, Vietnam, uh, Korea, or Taiwan. Well, thank you for that background. That's very helpful, providing a context. Um, before we unpack some of the specifics of this group, what was it that drew you to fo focus on the Church of the Almighty God? Was it the rapid growth, the intense persecution, all of the above? 
Um, both I and a handful of uh, other scholars uh, uh, had a very minimal knowledge of the Church of Almighty God. But then in 2014, something happened. Uh, we read in um, Chinese media and uh, also in Western media, particularly the BBC and the Telegraph, that a group of missionaries of the Church of Almighty God that entered uh, uh, McDonald's in uh, uh, Shandong and has killed a lady who, who was not polite to them. And uh, that was an enormous uh, scandal uh, to have a Christian movement going around and killing people. And uh, that uh, had two effects. Uh, number one, it uh, uh, revamped the interest in the Church of Almighty God uh, by scholars uh, and even by some uh, Chinese semi-independent uh, journalists. One of the first conclusions uh, we all came including, to their credit, uh, uh, journalists within China, was that the Church of Almighty God uh, uh, is a big church, uh, but it has had uh, both splinter groups and imitation groups, uh, small groups claiming that their leaders are the incarnation of the Almighty God. So the group responsible for the McDonald's murder, which really happened, uh, was a different group. And uh, again, to their credit, some Chinese media published the transcript of the trial where two of these uh, missionaries were sentenced to death and executed. And uh, uh, interestingly, in this trial, uh, they attacked the mainline Church of Almighty God, saying that's a Sejiao, it's a very bad group, but we are a good group and we worship uh, a different uh, Almighty God. In fact, they are two female leaders, uh, and they don't worship the person who is also a Chinese woman now living abroad, that the Church of Almighty God, the large organization, worships. So the murder in Zhao Zhuan, uh, it's really triggered a lot of interest, but it also had another effect that uh, it gave the opportunity to the Chinese Communist Party to intensify the persecution of the Church of Almighty God, which really had started one year after it was established in 92, and it was established in 91. But it, uh, it really triggered a, a large-scale persecution. One of the after-effects of the persecution is uh, some 5,000 members escaped abroad and started establishing churches, some of them visible before COVID, because now they are all closed for COVID in the uh, United States, in uh, Spain, in Italy, in South Korea. So for the first time, scholars were able to go and interview members uh, of Church of Almighty God, spent some time with them because there was a pioneer work by an, uh, the doctoral dissertation of an Australian sinologist, Emily Dunn, but she wrote it without having interviewed a single member because there were known uh, outside of China, there were some isolated members, they were very much uh, not public. But uh, this exodus after the McDonald's case, it 
created the, the, the communities quite visible uh, outside of uh, China. And these communities, I believe, they made around, I would say, 2016, 2017, a very conscious uh, decision that it was in their best interest uh, to cooperate with academic scholars, that academic scholars were not their enemies and were not in league with the Chinese Communist Party. And so they, unlike some other groups, I would say, in China, some other Chinese groups in particular, they made uh, a decision to, to let the, the scholars go around uh, and uh, even spend time in, in their churches. Uh, all this, as I say, stopped with COVID. And that's not uh, typical of Church of Almighty God, only typical of all uh, uh, Chinese and East Asian group. They are extremely paranoid about uh, uh, COVID. And so to this very day, when you can uh, uh, again go to some countries, for instance, you can go to Korea, but still they keep uh, their services online and they have not uh, restarted the, the normal life of the churches. They don't uh, maintain big gatherings, even the refugees are scattered in small apartments. So they take the COVID very seriously. And I would say they are also afraid uh, as Chinese to be accused of spreading the COVID which happened in the very beginning when being Chinese was connected with being a plague spreader. And since they are in a difficult situation as refugees, they prefer to avoid public activities, which again, even for scholars, make it more difficult to follow the group. Now, although I was in Korea last week and I did meet one member but again, uh, I couldn't attend any community event uh, because there are known. How did uh, the Church of the Almighty God originate? Um, we should start from uh, a previous group. Okay. Uh, the previous group is called the Shouters, popularly in uh, China. And uh, it, uh, if we go back to the origins, we should go back to the success of the uh, the brethren in China at the beginning of the 20th century. As you know, the brethren are uh, kind of uh, uh, very conservative or fundamentalist branch of uh, Christianity. I'm talking of the exclusive brethren, not uh, of the so-called uh, uh, open brethren. And uh, 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 young Chinese who later went under the name of Watchman Nee came in contact with the brethren uh, who paid his trip to England. Uh, but when he came back from England, he decided he wanted to do a Chinese version of the brethren, uh, not uh, controlled by by Westerners, and he was quite successful. The group had different names, uh, uh, but when uh, the most common at that time was just assembly. Uh, when the, the Chinese Communist Revolution came, witness uh, uh, Ni, uh, Watchman Ni, sorry, went to jail. 
and spent the rest of his life in jail. But uh, uh, his most gifted co-worker, which went under the name of Witness Lee, escaped to Taiwan and reorganized the church called mostly the local church uh, with headquarters both in Taiwan and in California. And of course, the local church, for some, it's an Orthodox Christian church, for some, it's some unorthodox teaching. There was a famous court case uh, they won against other Christians who had accused them of heresy. Now, the important part, however, is in China, they are called shouters because they shout to the Lord very loudly. Uh, but the shouters are not a single movement. Uh, they had an extremely complicated uh, history of schisms, uh, and also in a situation of uh, persecution, they are more like a network of independent communities, not all of them in touch with uh, uh, the local church as it exists in the United States or in uh, uh, Taiwan. So um, uh, the Shouders had the very dubious honor of being the first group in the post-cultural uh, uh, revolution China to be officially banned as a Sejiao. Uh, so they are, in a way, the original uh, modern uh, Sejiao. They were banned in 1983. Uh, but again, what was banned is unclear because uh, we are not talking of a single organization, but uh, of a network. So some group can always say we are not part of the bad guys, we are part of the good guys. Uh, in, in this network, uh, particularly in time of hate and persecution, where we're very often uh, uh, prophetic uh, uh, utterances or claims for miracles. And uh, what happened in 1991 was a young woman uh, whose name has never been really disclosed, but the Chinese police claim her name was Yang Chambin, and it's, uh, it's, a, it's, it's a serious possibility. Uh, but she never signed with her name. She started giving uh, uh, prophetic messages in the name of the Holy Spirit. And that uh, uh, they were accepted by some, as it always happens, rejected by others. And she started gathering uh, followers. And one who read, he was uh, far away, hundreds of kilometers from where he was. Uh, one who read uh, her messages with great interest was a leader of one of the branches in the network of the shouters called Salvation. And he went to meet this lady and they started a community which was almost immediately persecuted. And not immediately, but quite gradually, it took several months, if not years, to uh, go from uh, this lady as a messenger for the Holy Spirit uh, and this lady as a divine incarnation, in fact, uh, uh, Almighty God, and as a theology stating that it was convenient for God to incarnate twice, uh, uh, to, to, to save all humanity, which is male and female, 
So as male incarnated as Jesus and as female he incarnated in this uh, woman whose name may be Yang Shanbin. And, uh, the persecution, of course, became even heavier uh, and the group grew quite phenomenally. We don't know the numbers. The Chinese authorities claim there are four million in China, which may be too much, but we don't know. Uh, so uh, it may be that the Chinese authorities uh, inflate the number to justify the number of police involved in the repression, but we really don't know. Surely it's, it's a substantial group. It's very large. And uh, uh, the, the, the Almighty God, to call her with this name, and uh, Zhao Weishan, the former Shouters leader who became sort of administrative head of the church and spokesperson for uh, Almighty God, they both uh, escaped uh, abroad and uh, settled in, uh, in New York. They got uh, political asylum. And it was notwithstanding this largely a Chinese phenomenon until with the refugees after 2014, it became a global phenomenon because the refugees converted other people, mostly in the Chinese diaspora. Uh, but in my interviews, as I say in my book, I did interview some Western members, for instance, uh, uh, American members, I say white Americans, not uh, Chinese Americans. But um, Clearly, they are not in the majority. And, uh, still today, uh, most of the global constituency of the Church of Almighty God is uh, made of uh, ethnic Chinese. What are some of the, the basic beliefs come out of the Church of Almighty God? Well, we should again uh, uh, consider the genealogy. They are not brethren, of course. There are many passages from the brethren to the Church of Almighty God. We can regard them as a schism of a schism of the brethren. Of course, uh, this is an ethic uh, view from outsiders, because for in the emic view of the insiders, uh, uh, the movement doesn't really have a genealogy. It comes because Almighty God decided to incarnate on Earth uh, a second time. And we should, I believe, always respect the emic perspectives, but it's the job of the scholars to, to, to see the uh, precedent. So the theology of the brethren, uh, and that has remained through the shelters and through the Church of Almighty God, is dispensationalist, uh, meaning that uh, the world goes through different dispensations, uh, and in the different dispensation, uh, God changed the rules uh, of the game. So we are now in a third uh, dispensation. The first was the age of the law, what uh, other Christians called the Old Testament. Uh, when there was the age of grace, what we call the New Testament. Uh, but uh, uh, for Church of Almighty God, the age of grace goes until 1991, when their church has been established. And now 
we live in the age of kingdom, which is not the age of the complete kingdom. Uh, that will be a sort of uh, uh, millennium, which will start after the death or disincarnation of Almighty God. Uh, but now we live in the age of kingdom. So the idea of the basic idea of the Church of Almighty God is that there were rules which were totally valid and they have nothing against in each age, but are no longer valid in the subsequent age. And of course, most Christians would agree with them that there were rules God gave uh, in the time of Old Testament, which are no longer valid in the time of the New Testament. But no other Christians would agree with them when they say that well, now we live in a third era, and so many laws of the New Testament of the time of the Christian church are no longer valid in this third era. For instance, the sacraments were very important in the age going from the apostles to 1991, but after 1991, they are no longer needed. So they don't baptize, they don't have confession, they don't have Eucharist, because these things, which were important, again, they are not disparaging them, but they were important until 1991. Even reading the Bible, was very important until 1991, but much less important after 1991 because uh, they have the, the revelation of uh, Almighty God, and they are more than thousand pages collected in a book, The Word Appeared in the Flesh. And this book is now more important than the Bible. Also because they believe that throughout the centuries uh, in the Bible some um, mistakes may have been included or uh, errors in copying, in translating. You know, other groups like the Mormons have the same uh, beliefs. Uh, and uh, so uh, the, the, the word of Almighty God, which are recorded with modern technologies and immediately transcribed, have a degree of certainty uh, that the Bible cannot have. So, uh, and this is equally true for a number of Christian practices in what they regard as an age which ended in 1991. So today, what a good Christian should do, he should basically study the, the, the revelations of, uh, of Almighty God, uh, and he should join the Church of Almighty God, because the other churches had the important function before 1991, but now they are spiritually dead, because they are not attuned to the new era, so you cannot achieve salvation in the other, uh, what we call the religious churches. Again, religion was important, but before 91 and not uh, after. Now there is something new. And that uh, uh, we live in a time of tribulation, which also includes persecution. They 
experience in China. And this time will end uh, with uh, even uh, more spectacular uh, catastrophes in the shape of wars and epidemics. But this will not be the end of the world because it will introduce to the millennium. The world will not be destroyed, but will enter into an era of peace. Uh, and uh, that can only happen after the translation or ascension. And they are very vague on what exactly world. Uh, I believe I explained this in my book. They don't clearly explain what will happen to, to, the, to the, the woman they worship as the Almighty God after. Uh, she leaves her human incarnation. Uh, but after she, she leaves this earth, we uh, will uh, see uh, a short time of more catastrophes and then uh, this uh, uh, millennium. And they believe in a millennium in a way very similar to more, many other conservative uh, Christian, Christian groups. So, of course, there is a strong debate whether they are really Christian, because for Orthodox Christians, they are not, because they have another divine incarnation in addition uh, to Jesus, uh, and they have another uh, Bible in addition to the Bible and better than the Bible. But of course, uh, there is no trademark Christianity, uh, and so we can ask the same questions for the, the Church of Jesus Christ of the Latter-day Saints, uh, uh, popularly known as the Mormons. Uh, uh, we can ask this question for the Jehovah's Witnesses, uh, uh, for the Unification Church. So uh, there is this word, uh, American scholar, Holy Folk, called of the New Christianities, uh, which you find in many new religious movements in Asia or Africa or Latin America and sometimes uh, also in the West, of course. So it, it all depends on which borders uh, uh, you want to give to, to Christianity. Uh, I normally use the expression Christian new religious movements uh, because uh, if you go to a church, a church of mighty God, you'll find the cross, uh, uh, you will find uh, even the music sometimes reminiscent of the brethren uh, and the brethren tradition. But on the other hand, surely you have uh, um, teachings which uh, for some other Christians or for most other Christians would be uh, very much uh, new and not uh, capable of being reduced to their notion of orthodoxy. So I believe uh, for them and for many other groups, we can use Christian new religious movements rather than call them simply a, a Christian church. Now, how do people join? I understand they've got some rapid growth. What might be some of the appeal that contributes to this rapid growth process? Yeah, on this I wrote an article uh, for the interdisciplinary journal for study of religion, which uh, more or less uh, went into the book too. And contrary to a certain uh, mythology in uh, China, and because uh, before 2017, 
when I took some decisions to to go more public with my criticism of the religious repression in China, particularly through a daily magazine called Bitter Winter. You can find it at bitterwinter.org. Until 2017, I still went to China and interacted with the Chinese scholars, which of course are communist scholars, and uh, even with the police, I participated in seminars with the top police officers chasing the Church of Almighty God. What they wanted from the Western scholars to explain the theology, because the uh, police officers are not necessarily skilled in abstruse uh, theological concepts. And uh, uh, they had this idea that uh, Church of Almighty God does very very successful ways of uh, dispatching uh, missionaries. But in fact, uh, uh, I administered the questionnaires to hundreds of uh, Chinese members who had escaped to the West. And uh, I found, I would say, not surprisingly, the sociologists of religion that uh, 80% converted as everybody converts. So through uh, networks of relatives and uh, friends. And that's normally the way to go. I mean, uh, missionaries uh, convert the other 20%, uh, but uh, in general, the conversion always happens more along the social networks and not uh, against the social networks. So many of my interviewees have been uh, uh, converted by a cousin, by a brother, by a sister, by the parents, uh, by the children. Uh, here I'm talking of conversion in China, because in the West they arrive from uh, China, they hardly know anybody, so they may convert in person some uh, people in the diaspora, perhaps from the same village, but in the West, the majority of the converts who answer my questionnaires were really converted after a first approach via the internet. Uh, Church of Almighty God is very active on the internet and on social media. And many of the Western converts, they were uh, attracted by social media groups. And then, of course, nobody converts only on social media. After uh, months of interaction in social media, you get in touch, you have a personal meeting, and you join. But the social media and internet uh, websites of Church of Mighty God are very important uh, and are, in fact, the primary way of conversion uh, in the West or uh, abroad. While in China, it's more the, the usual uh, family networks or friends networks, which as every scholar of religious conversion knows, are the primary way of growing for churches. You've got a chapter in the book on uh, fake news and accusations against the church. Can you describe some of this? Is, is that a part of a propaganda process that is a part yeah, of the Yeah, well, uh, there are, I believe, two kinds of uh, accusation against the Church of Almighty God. Some come from the Chinese Communist Party, 
and some come from other Christians. So I study in particular two incidents, and one incident is the, the, the McDonald murder uh, of 2014 in Taiwan. And as I say, there is now a consensus of uh, scholars, including Chinese scholars, uh, that this murder was perpetrated by one of the small uh, groups which uh, uh, here there is still a debate. Either some of the members may have been originally members of the Church of Almighty God, uh, or perhaps not. They just read the, the literature. But we can call it a separate group, either schismatic or not, with a, uh, somewhat different theology, particularly about demonic possession and uh, different almighty gods. It's not this lady living in New York. It were two ladies, one has been executed and one is in jail, uh, which were the leaders of these uh, uh, small groups, never had more than 30 members. And, uh, as I say, the, the, the McDonald's murder is still used in Chinese propaganda, as if nothing happened. But if you read, there are even uh, Chinese journalists and scholars uh, who are aware it was a different uh, group. And I would say for Western scholars, it's a given that it was a different group. So there is no debate that the group was not uh, the same. Uh, there is much more debate on another incident uh, uh, and that's the fact uh, that uh, um, some Christian groups uh, in China uh, accused the, the Church of Almighty God uh, of having uh, kidnapped a number of pastors uh, which were lured to a seminar of the Church of Almighty God without telling them it was the Church of Almighty God and then allegedly kept under lock and key. And uh, here, I believe there are different reconstructions of the same episode. I find it very believable that they were attracted to a seminar without telling the name Church of Almighty God, also because you cannot advertise the seminar on Church of Almighty God in China, you go to jail. So uh, that's the part I find very believable. Uh, I would say kidnapping is a sort of an exaggerated label uh, because uh, Church of Almighty God is a heavily persecuted group in China. It could not have organized a national operation of kidnapping. And also, uh, this is not only my opinion, it's the opinion of Chinese police because Chinese police looked into it and found no crimes and didn't prosecute anybody, it would have been very happy to prosecute somebody, but it uh, didn't. So what I believe I happened is uh, some people were attracted to meetings of the Church of Almighty God under false pretenses, and some of them converted, which created a great scandal, and uh, some of them didn't uh, and uh, according to the Christian narrative, we were freed or they let them go after protests by other Christian churches. And according to the Church of Almighty God, they were always free to go. So I believe some sort of what in Korea would be called covert evangelization or evangelization under false pretenses was a, 
really going on, but the, the, the qualification as kidnapping, which is also a legal qualification, uh, may not uh, have been uh, the right one. But surely there has been a context of a strong conflict between uh, uh, Church of Almighty God and uh, Christian churches, including house churches in, in China, uh, and even the Catholic Church, because they compared to quite a few Catholics, uh, based on the idea of a ship-stealing practice by Church of Almighty God. However, I would say in the last four or five years, uh, things have a little bit changed, uh, because uh, there are also Christian leaders uh, in China and on the diaspora with, with the renewed crackdown and persecution by the Xi Jinping regime, uh, also have the attitude after all, we are all persecuted, we are all in the same boat. So rather than attacking uh, uh, other groups, uh, our real enemies, the, the regime and uh, the, the Chinese Communist Party. And of course, this attitude uh, I found like in, uh, in the United States and uh, in other uh, Western countries, uh, but it is also true that there are some conservative uh, Christian groups, particularly in Korea, that they continue to attack heavily the Church of Almighty God as a heresy, to the point, particularly in Korea, that we see fundamentalist or conservative Christians, which are in theory very much anti-communist, uh, uh, but they organized press conference in South Korea together with the uh, officer of the Chinese public security who go to Korea against the refugees uh, of the Church of Mighty God. As uh, we draw our conversation to a close, Dr. Andrevenia, can you say a little bit about what the, the persecution of the Church of the Almighty God, what kind of lessons and things does it say back to those of us who are watching this? Well, the persecution has been very ferocious and has been confirmed uh, by the, the United Nations uh, uh, Committee on Torture, the United Nations Committee on Arbitrary Detention by various reports of the United States Department of State. So I believe there is little doubt that there is a persecution which includes uh, uh, arbitrary detention, torture, and uh, extra uh, judicial uh, killing. Uh, what it tells us is that uh, the regime of uh, Xi Jinping is not detected by international criticism and will continue to crack down both on groups it labels as Sejiao, like the Church of Almighty God, and also uh, groups more in the main line, such as uh, the, the house churches. Uh, we cannot do a lot to, to persuade Xi Jinping to moderate uh, his attitude, but I believe where it is uh, useful, uh, however, to talk about the persecution while maintaining our respective theologies, which may be critical of the theology of the Church of Almighty God, is to create a more uh, welcoming uh, atmosphere for the refugees. Uh, I believe there is little doubt that those who escape from China are persecuted in China. There is little doubt that if they will be sent back to China, they will go to jail or worse. 
So uh, I very much applaud the, the attitude of the Catholic Church and the Lutheran Church in Germany that after one case of uh, deportation back to China of a girl from the Church of Almighty God, they took the position of calling on the government for humanitarian reason uh, to give asylum uh, to the members of Church of Almighty God, which is now largely happening in Germany and in Italy and United States. And I'm very critical of the attitudes of some Korean Christians say, since these are heretics, the refugees should not be granted asylum and they should be sent back to China. Because I believe we should distinguish as Christians two very different questions. One is a theological question, and here we can disagree and even strongly disagree with the theology of the Church of Almighty God, then we fair claim that Almighty God has incarnated again and lives in New York. But on the other hand, there is a human rights side, uh, and uh, I believe that uh, we should uh, help those persecuted for their beliefs, even if they are not our beliefs. And there are small numbers, of course, we have now in Europe, a huge emergency of 10 million refugees from Ukraine. And uh, it is, of course, a problem. How do we put all the refugees? I had one for four months in my home, so I tried to participate as millions of people in Europe in this effort. But here we are talking of 5,000 people so far. So I believe we should accommodate these refugees, irrespective of their theology, because they are persecuting the men and women, and they deserve to be helped. Dr. Intervenia, that that's a, a lot of great information, and uh, the, the background and the context of all of this in China. Uh, I want to thank you so much for being on the on the podcast and sharing again your expertise. Thank you. Thank you. Um, I'm following your podcast. I see you have a lot of uh, interesting programs. Well, thank you very much. Uh, Let me just give another shout out for your book for folks who are watching. Here's the the cover inside the Church of Almighty God, the most persecuted religious movement in China. And you can find a link to this in the program notes, as well as uh, the Bitter Winter uh, publication that can be found online. And again, this is the podcast for Multi-Faith Matters. I'm the host, John Moorhead. Thanks to everybody for watching and listening.